So I thank God for that. Okay, so we're going to go into the message. Continue to uh, pray for one another. Amen. The scripture reads in Joshua verse 5, verse, verse 1 through 9, chapter 5. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites were on, on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them any more because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. We're going to go down to verse 6. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swore that he would show them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers, that he would give them give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. So we're talking about a background where the children of Israel, they were in a transitionary phase. They were, they had left slavery in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt and they were on their way to a promised land. Amen. So they were walking from slavery to freedom. That's transition, right? So um, when you're in transition like that, um, there's a debriefing that has to take place. Like many times when people come from war, they have to be debriefed because they can't perform the same way they were in the battlefield. So it means that your mental conditioning has to change. And if you have a slave mentality, you, it's, 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 it, you can't just fit into the upward mobility of freedom and of self-determination that's attached to freedom. So there, you still have that old mindset. So this is what Moses, the leader, had to deal with. He had to deal with a people who had a mindset of slavery. But he was trying to teach them the, that we're free now. Amen? Amen. And um, so this is old life. The old life, we, this can, um, like today in salvation, the old life is slavery. The old life of doing things is bondage. The old life is, is not conducive to where Christ wants you to be now. Amen? So there's also a mental conditioning that has to take place. All right? So the old life is a shell. The old, the old things you did before is not profitable to your walk with Christ now. And I let's say, they say, um, like a former person who was on drugs before or alcohol, they say you got to leave you got to stay away from people, places, and things. Amen. So if you if you got a new walk with Christ, you, you got to get new people to hang out with, new places to go, and new things to do. Because if you're in this new way and you cannot continue to stay around those same people, places, and things. So the old places are like ghost towns. They become ghost towns to you. You know, and last last Sunday we talked about fool's gold. So we're going to stay with this Western motif of um, a fool's gold and um, um, a ghost town. And, and the people, the children of Israel were going westward. So we're just going to stick with that motif and say 
um, have the um, the title of this message is Saints Don't Live in Ghost Towns. Saints don't live in ghost towns. So when we get saved, we have to adapt. We have to change our mind. In the attempt at children of Israel, many of them rebelled because they had that old slavery mindset. And some of them stood up to Moses and were stiff-necked, the Bible says. That means stubborn. And they started to, um, you know, they couldn't change their mind. They were so stuck in their ways. So what happened, they had uh, uh, from Israel, I mean, to the uh, Egypt to Israel, it's just a month's walk. You know, they didn't have transportation, they had to walk, right? So if you walk physically, it takes a human about 30 days to walk, okay, with all those people. So it took them 40 years to walk. Where actuality, if you if they were to walk straight there and listen, it would have been 30 days. So why 40 years? 40 years because the old generation died off. This was God's way of saying, you all change your mind, then, okay, you 30, you start walking, then when you make it, you 70, or, I mean, you're, you're old. And so, if, when you were strong, opposing the men of God, the leadership, now you're older, and your strength has waned. A new generation has come up. A new generation who, who don't have that same mindset. A new generation that's prepared to go into promised land. So God is saying, if you might be set in your ways, but you need to change your mind to conform to what God is bringing you to. Amen. They said when cars came along, a lot of people still wanted to ride in a horse and buggy. They called cars the devil. Right. The same thing in uh, later generations. You know, they have some reports, people saying, don't play basketball and stuff like that. That's the devil, right? But when society changes, we need to change with society, amen? We need, and, and society is changing right now. So we need to we need to learn about how to get on the internet and do different things, amen? And how to, and we need to educate our mind and, 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 and try to move forward in the things where God is taking the world, amen? Not the world in the sense of uh, a devil's world, but in, in a sense of technology, amen? Because I'm sure I didn't see any horse and buggies out there, amen? Saints don't live in ghost towns. So you might pray and say, God, um, direct my steps. Let, let no iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me for, from oppression. You may pray, God, order my steps. Amen? You may pray, God, help me in the sense of uh, help me become what I need to be, right? But all these prayers, you need to add something to that prayer. And what you need to do is have a changed mindset. Amen? Second Corinthians 10 and 5 said, the old things are passed away. And behold, the, the new, uh, oh, everything has become new. Amen? So we need to process the new things in the new way that God has for us. Amen? So, um, but for a true change to take place, your actions must coincide, coincide with walking with God. Amen? Uh, there must, now people say a paradigm shift um, or shift. It sounds like a cliche, but there actually, actually has to be 
a paradigm shift. That means a structural shift. That means the old structure of redoing things has to change. And this is um, conducive to changing your mind. Now, your mind has to change to line up with your actions to coincide with a new mindset for true repentance to occur. Once you accept Christ in your life, you abandon the mindset that accompanied your journey before Christ. And you cultivate and develop a mind filled with the fruit of the spirit that God requires and what is needed for this new walk. Because when you, when you, um, when you have this new walk with Christ, it never gets old. You're always trying to develop. And you need to do things by repetition. Now, religious religion is just another word for repetitiveness or being repetition. You may say you're religious, like you religiously drink coffee. That means you do it all the time. So religion is just something that you do by habit. So we want to do things by habit until we get, to the, get that old stuff out of our mind. Amen. Just like when you uh, say you have a problem with smoking cigarettes or something. So you have to um, not smoke and do other things to get that out your mind. Amen. Now, in the text, it says, uh, and it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites were on the other side of Jordan westward and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan before from before the children of Israel until we were passed over that their hearts melted. Neither was there any spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. So God already prepares the land for you to go in. Amen. The people were already ready. They, the people already fear you. The enemies have already made place and God already did the hard part. The only thing you have to do is walk it out and live a life consistent with the holy character and through your purpose. It's like um, a fish don't know what water is, right? A fish lives in water, right? So a, a water to fish is like holiness to us because we were created to praise God. And we were created in his image. Now, I heard a thing in 1992 at a conference, and it always stuck with me because I always love to read and love books. And um, Sister Shirley's writing a book now, and I just hope she finished that book so I can read it. But the, I heard something. They said, the most intelligent thing that you can do is praise God. I heard this at a youth con conference at Garden State Church of God in Christ in 1992. The most intelligent thing we can do is to praise God. And then they got up and sung a song, I was created to praise him. And scripture backs it up that we were created to praise God. When I say praise God, that means your glory is consistent with what you do. A fish's, wit, a fish's genius is in water. A, bird, a eagle's genius is in the air. So whatever you, you, whatever you, are, you were created to do, Praise God, that's your genius. That's your purpose. So we're intelligent people. We're an intelligent being. Okay, unlike animals, we're separated from the animals. We're not like the animals. We are intelligent. What separates us is because we are part 
God blew in us and, and we became a living soul. So we're created in the image of God. And we can, we're capable of mental reasoning. An animal isn't capable of mental reasoning. They're just capable, they're capable of instinctual, you know, but we're, we're able to figure out complex part problems. Okay, so we're composed of spirit, soul, and body, right? So if you just say spirit, soul, and body, your spirit, okay, your soul, and your body. So let's, let's talk about the soul for a minute. Let's, and we're going to talk about the spirit and the body later. Let's talk about the soul. Okay, the soul is composed of three things also. The soul is composed of your mind, your will, and your emotions. All right? So we say spirit, soul, and body. That's why we, that's God created us. And just like we don't say body, soul, and spirit, or soul, spirit, and body, it's a, it's a sequence, spirit, soul, and body. God deals with sequence. The most important, second, third. Most important is your spirit because that's where you communicate with God. And animals don't have that capability. Amen? They have a capability, like I said, for instinctual things. So your soul, your soul is mind, will, and emotions. So, like I said, the most important thing in those three things is your mind. Mind, will, and emotion. It's the dominant part of the soul. Therefore, the salvation of your soul is focused on the salvation of your mind. Your mind has to be saved. Somebody said, because they say, save my soul, right? But I want to take out, save the leader of the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. Save your mind. Your mind has to be saved. So there's a slogan that's true. Years ago, they, they always hear it on TV uh, from the United Negro College Fund. It says, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. So that's true. Your mind, once your mind is gone, then the devil got you. So the mind is the leader of the soul. Your mind must be cultivated and fine-tuned and ready to deal for, with action with the problems you confront, confront on a daily basis. So you got to be aware. Amen. That's why the devil want to make you confused and, and try to make you drunk and, and keep you unsober, keep you in, filled with drugs and amphetamines and barbiturates and THC. THC is the main ingredient in marijuana. That's spelled backwards, CRT. It's backwards. Instead of getting Christ, you got THC. It's backwards. So our strength resides in our mind. Our strength resides in our mind. Amen? You think. That's why when you think of the goodness of Jesus, that's why when you're sitting here praising God and things going through your mind about what God has done and where he's brought you from, it makes you raise your hand. That's why sometimes when you're among people and, and they have no clue that you're so thankful that God, what God has done in your life, sometimes you just got to say, thank you, Jesus, under your breath. Because it's your mind that think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for you. But the enemy, he wants to control your mind. 
And if he fails, he tries to preoccupy your mind with worry. Jesus wanted us, Jesus said, um, exhort us to say, um, love the Lord with all your mind, heart, and soul. So you love the Lord with your mind too. Amen. They said that's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And our, our found, the founder of Church of God in Christ, Bishop Charles Harrison Mason, when he prayed, he passed away in 1961. But they still have tapes and videos of him praying for people. And when he prayed, he always prayed, cast the devil out your mind. Because that's where, that's the thoughts, the old ways, the slavery mentality. You need to cast that out your mind because right now you're free, but you, you can't perform the way you need to perform if you got a slavery mentality. So Joyce Myers wrote a book called The Battlefield of the Mind. That's where the battle's at. Because when he gets your mind, he got your emotions and he got your will. Because again, the mind is the leader of the soul. Now, this woman, she overcame sexual abuse from her own dad. And then her mom knew about it. It's a testimony. She's a famous evangelist, Joyce Meyer. So something like that, I mean, your mom know? And, that, and, and you thinking, you thinking in your mind, now something like that can push you to the edge of losing your mind. Daddy, why are you doing this? But she, she became a victorious person, put all that stuff behind her, and now she's one of the leading evangelists in the world and helping millions of people. Because God can do it for anybody. If he can do it in that situation, he can do it for almost anybody. That's a terrible situation he had to overcome. And people overcome things like this all the time. The evil that, that men do to other people. So we need salvation in our mind. The children of Israel, they needed a changed mind. We're going to get back to that, but I'm trying to put in a point that our mind is key to our survival and our success with the Christian walk. We can't have the same ways. I mean, uh, that's why they say listening to worldly music. It's not the fact that you, you it's bad. It's the fact that you're trying to change your mind. You're trying to change your mind from a way to, from a way where you're thinking about the old things. And a lot of times those old songs don't help you. Amen. They don't help you. Sometimes you listen to it. Um, sometimes you, if it's attached to a memory. Amen. Because that's where the strongholds exist in the mind. That's a place where people remain bound. So the text says where the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness. It only took them 30 days, but 40 years because God, you want to walk this way, God will let you do what you want to do. But you know what? The thing that he had reserved for you will, 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 will um, your, your kids or somebody else will do it because you're not ready to do it because you still got that old mentality. They did not obey the voice of the Lord. They were rebellious. They didn't follow the leader properly. The leader needs to have vision and move forward and fight the enemy. 
but he fighting them. So he spent his time fighting them and the enemies over here. So God is saying, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So I'm going to raise up a whole generation because God is not going to override your decision. But you die in the state you win. Then when you go to him, he's going to say, what happened? I told you what to do. So the people did not remain consistent with what was required for their new journey in their transition from being slaves into being free persons. So scripture says, we have a scripture that I want to look at real quick in the New Testament about the mind. And that's 1 Peter 1 and 3. 1 Peter 1 and 3. I'm just going to read that. But 1 Peter 1 and 3 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end of the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter, be sober. Other versions say, gird up the loins of your mind, but other versions say, so be prepared, so prepare your minds for action. 1 Peter 1.13, that's the amplified version. Be, prepare your minds for action. Another version says, therefore, once you have your minds ready for action and you are thinking clearly, your mind. Another version says, so be, prepare your minds for service and have self-control. The Message Bible says, roll up your sleeves, get your head in the game, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. So roll up your sleeves. So another version says, roll up your sleeves, prepare your mind and have your minds ready. These are different things of saying, stay sober. We need our mind. Think clearly. Keep awake. Okay, the mind is a mental, is mental. You can't touch the mind. The mind is different from the brain. Amen? So we got to know that. Because somebody, we interchange the truth too. The mind and the, the brain is something you can see, feel, touch. And um, there's a science called neuroplasty. It says the brain is composed of nerve cells and can be touched, whereas the mind cannot be touched. Yet the thoughts in our mind can generate energy that stimulate brain activity. So even though the mind is intangible, your mind is something that you can't touch. It affects your brain. Your brain is physical. Amen? So an it's an emotion. It, people can say something to you and it affects your mind and that in turn can make, stimulate your brain and make changes in your body. That's why you need to stay away from toxic, toxic words because the things like that can make you sick. That's why you need praise around you. People, God says, I inhabit the praises. Why do God come in when the praises come? We the same way. Somebody say something nice to us or compliment us, amen. Then that's that, that's a welcome, that's a welcome man. Somebody say something negative to us, then you're like, no. So um these these um things that stimulate the, the, the brain, it, it creates physical structures 
and create pathways in our brain. Our brain is made of proteins. So, in other words, for instance, if you have a problem, if you can't handle a situation, the world says, go get a drink. You ever heard somebody say, I need a drink, when they get a problem, right? That's what that is, is a, is a pathway in your brain. That means when a problem comes, A, cause, effect, drink. Cause, drink. Cause, effect. Cause, effect. And, and we have all these things built up since childhood of cause and effect. And some of them are not conducive to your walk. Some of them are the same thing like slavery, what you've been doing for so many years. Even though you are a Christian, when you get, when somebody make you mad, you don't go to the liquor store. You used to go to the liquor store. You used to get some weed. You used to get some cocaine. You used to get some crack. You can't do that now because it's not conducive to your freedom. And that's the same thing the children of Israel was doing. They didn't have, they, their pathway in their brain, it, it still responded to the same thing that they used to respond to. So we need to change that. And you can physically change that in your brain. It's a physical thing. So when we change our thoughts in response to our physical environment, we actually begin to rewire our brain. The mind has the ability to solve problems and can develop into more complex problem solving. Your mind is a machine. It, it, you know, if you solve an easy problem, like in school, you start doing a plus, then you do minus, then you do division, and then you do you all, all the way up to algebra. So you, your mind is is capable of solving more complex problems. The more you um, the more you exercise your mind. So we need to develop our mind to the things of God and have those old mindsets, old things are passed away. I don't go to the liquor store no more. I used to. I struggled with that for years. God had a call on my life. And then my Aunt Rosie, God bless her, she's no longer with us. She said, baby, you can't go to church drunk. I had, you know what, I had somebody actually had to tell me that because I had the pull of God on my life so strong and then I, I still had this alcoholism dealing with that also. And it, the two was so, the two had the equal strength in my mind. So I had to shut one down because I was going to church drinking. It don't look right. You go into church and you smell like alcohol. It just don't look right at Sunday after Sunday. What's the matter? It's a problem. It's a personal problem. So I thank God that, that God got me out of that. I, I, but I had to make that decision. Now I don't even think about drinking. I go years without thinking about drinking. But the thing about it, the devil comes sometimes. You know, you know, the devil will give you a dream of that old thing you used to do. That dream will come up and that dream isn't you. That's the enemy trying to get you to fall back into those old ways. 
But you got to say, what? Not so, devil. Get thee behind me. And you got to be careful with people, too, because pe people can change. And Peter, Jesus, Peter was an impulsive character. He's an impulsive man. He's a real live being. Jesus asked Peter, who do men say that you are? He said to John the Baptist. No, the other he asked the other disciples, who do men say that I am? Um, you the spirit of Elijah, you the spirit of John the Baptist, you, you the great one and all that. But then Jesus turned to Peter, because he knew Peter said whatever was on his mind. Right? Sometimes every leader needs somebody to tell them that. Every leader needs somebody to tell them the truth. Because there's a lot of yes men around you. So Peter was 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 Jesus's man who said, okay, it is what it is. This is it. So he asked Peter, Peter, who do you think I am? Well, you're the son of the living God. <laughs> you, you're the Christ. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. So Peter answered the truth. You are the Christ. Don't you know before the day was out, Satan used Peter. And, Peter, and Jesus had to turn to Peter and say, get thee behind me, Satan. So we don't look at people. We don't look at your, your title. We don't look at your position. We look at what's coming out your mouth. And see what's, and, and, and is that hindering what God called is on my life? Sometimes you got to tell your closest person, get thee behind me. Jesus did it. So in those days, um, in, in those days, okay, um, there's a New Testament, New Testament, the word for repent. The word for repent is metanoia. And that's a Greek word that means change. So repent is another word for change. Change what? Change your mind. Change your mind about what you think about God. Because some people have a bad opinion of God. So John the Baptist, they said uh, in the Bible, there is no one greater. Jesus said, it's not a man who was ever born is greater than John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist was great because not only was he Jesus' cousin, Mary, um, uh, Elizabeth's son, and Elizabeth and Mary were, were first cousins. Cousins, okay? I don't know if they were first cousins or not, but they were cousins. So Jesus and John the Baptist was cousins. Amen. He didn't say it because he was his cousin. See, John the Baptist had one foot in the Old Testament and one foot in the New. He is a last Old Testament prophet. Okay, he got a chance to see Jesus. As a matter of fact, he said, prepare ye the way for the one. And John the Baptist, he was a preacher. He was filled with the Holy Ghost from birth. That's what made him great. And what his message was? Repent. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Change your mind. Change your mind, the kingdom of God is at hand. He preached repentance. So it's so important. Old Testament, New Testament, we're the children of Israel, us today, change your mind. But Jesus also said, um, there is none in... Um, Matthew chapter 11, 11, he said, John the Baptist, that he is the least in the kingdom 
It says here, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So let's say there's levels to this, but that means that you can be, your relationship with God is, could be more superior than somebody who's the highest man in the church. So never look at just down on yourself. Never say it's only me because you are important. You could be greater than that person in God's eyes. But first, what we got to do, change our mind. Change our mind with God consciousness. That word conscious with con, C-O-N means with. And science means knowledge. So with knowledge. Have a God consciousness and begin to develop your brain, your mind, your brain and mind are connected to rewire, to receive data from the spiritual realm. You can receive data from the spiritual realm by changing your mind. But if your mind is filled with negativity and bad, it's it's difficult to receive data from the spiritual realm. We need to change our thoughts in response to our physical environment when we rewire our brain. Amen? Now, the intellect, the mind gathers information that the heart receives for a deeper walk with God. The mind cannot fully comprehend faith because of the eternal dimensions connected with having faith in God. So we're talking about the mind, but like I said, that is the leader of the soul But the spirit is where it's really happening at, because that's where God connects with us. But we need to have our mind transformed. Amen? Because the spirit is the core of man. Amen? So there's uh, some things uh, we need to focus on. And the thing I really need, we need to focus on is is, um, doing what God requires. He said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Amen. So when we start to shut down those things that we used to do in response to um, our problems. So instead of when somebody step on your toe or something, instead of saying a four letter word, you can just say, thank you, Jesus. Something like that. Now that's a cause and effect. So after a while, when you stop doing those things, that pathway, your brain becomes shut down. But if you still have the same responses, then that pathway is still open. It's a physical pathway in your brain, cause and effect. It's like a, a, a narrow road in the, in, the, in, the, in the broad road. So if you're still doing the same things, that broad road is still open. That pathway is still open. This happened, then this happened. Somebody do this, then I cuss them out. Somebody do this, then I cuss them out. I still come to church, though. But that pathway is still open. So what you got to do, you got to shut that pathway down and stop doing that and then and actually rewire your brain. That's why the scripture says, Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. Because the children of Israel, they died off, the, the ones who were rebellious, and they got a new leader. And his name was Joshua. And Joshua had a different orientation than Moses. See, Moses had a hard job. But Joshua was a leader just like Moses. 
but his orientation was different. Moses' orientation was to go into Pharaoh and um, lead people, teach them how to get through the wilderness. And those people were so stubborn and red, uh, stiff-necked, I'm not blaming them, but Moses didn't even make it in dealing with them. Because they made him mad. He was hitting the rock. He didn't make it. He saw the promised land. Like Martin Luther King said, I might not get there with you, but my eyes have seen it. See, Moses seen it. He's seen the promised land, but he didn't step into it. But Joshua stepped into it with a whole new generation of people of what changed minds. So if you don't change your mind, then it'd be harder for you to move into the next generational cycle. Because first we got uh, the baby, well, we got people before the baby boomers, but um, silent, but you had the baby boomers, which is mostly people like 60s. Then you have people, um, Generation X, right? Then after that, you had the millennials, right? Then after the millennials, you got Generation Y. Right. So you got all these generations coming behind you. So and they got a whole different mindset. And some of that stuff that they have is good. Because their mind isn't set, isn't thinking about Emmett Till. Their mind isn't focused on um, getting beat with lashes. Their mind is set on building a business. Their mind is set on um, how I'm going to get this money and how I'm going to to create wealth. But but a lot of people in those older generations, they can't let they can't let uh, the fact go of some things that happen. It's good to remember, but you can't it's hard to function in this new world with that mentality. Because you're thinking about all that stuff. Don't forget it, but don't operate from that point of view. I could go on but the thing about it is we need to change our minds. And it starts with today. It starts with today because today is when you shut down those old pathways. Today is when you start to rewire. Today is when you start to, to say, cut off that old pathway. And it may still be there in your mind. You may still get tempted. See, God is not going to tempt you. You may still get tempted, but if you if you don't use it, you lose it. And before before long, you didn't even think about cigarettes. Before long, you're not even thinking about alcohol. Those are just examples. Gambling. You're not even thinking about it. Because you shut it down. You shut down the pathway, and it starts with something intangible, the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm connects to the, to the soul, and the soul connects to the body. And it makes changes in your body. Don't you know you can heal yourself by your thoughts? The Bible says it. Amen. So I'm not saying don't put your medicine down and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is be conscious, God conscious. And God will give you wisdom. Amen. Amen. Thank God for this message on today. I thank God for I wanted to go further into um, cognitive uh, stuff and um, psyche stuff. But I leave that for another time, maybe Wednesday night. But God is telling us to ch repent, change our minds 
not through osmosis, but from actually changing our actions. And you change your actions, you change your